Welcome to Tips Unincluded. My name is Giovanni. Today on the show, we got Edie Vett. What's good? Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Thank you for taking out of your time and being here with me. Much appreciated. It took me a week and a half to convince you to download Skype and just be able to do this, but it's okay. Uh, point of correction, it took you about three days. Okay, fair. It sounds more dramatic if I say a week and a half. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'll be honest with you. I never thought I would be sitting down and recording an interview with you out of all people. Uh, so I've known Edie Vett for close to 14, maybe 15 years now. And I don't know. I just never thought we would sit, be sitting down and having a conversation about restaurants and hospitality. I just genuinely did not expect that. Yeah, other than like us complaining about, about our respective jobs at any given moment in time. Uh, I didn't see this happening as a formal interview. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. So would you be, um, I mean, I think I've spoken to you. This is the third time I speak to you since the quarantine, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, yeah, two or three times. Yeah. In a month. I haven't really been keeping in touch with you that much. I mean, I haven't really been keeping in touch with many people. I kind of like shuffle people in and out throughout the week. I'll talk to somebody two, three days this week. And then next week I'll speak to a few other people. I don't know why. It's just the way it's been happening. I mean, that's, that's kind of the same thing I've been doing, like controlling how much time I actually give to like speaking to other people. So, you know, even though we're like technically laying around and not doing shit where like, I want to control my exposure to like, my time with other people is this that because sense? i mean it does but my question is is this because you don't tolerate people that often and you don't like them or is this because you just no no it doesn't have anything to do with that it's just i i want to you know spend some time doing things for myself as well and spending time with the person i'm spending time with so I, we both dedicate controlled amounts of time to when we check up with people you, in our lives. you mean your quarantine partner yeah <laughs> that that's is cool such a fucking wild concept to me oh can i curse in this because i didn't i didn't ask you that before yes you can curse in it. you can <laughs> uh, you can go about your abcs of cursing if you like uh you can send me a rundown it's of the first really words that you're gonna utilize <laughs> it's really hard to self-edit curse words out of uh, an interview for me <laughs> It's, I mean, I, I guess that's one of the reasons I don't really like having a script or don't like going, going about it in a formal way. I, I like the layback, easygoing, you know, kind of raw uh, energy. It's, it's very common, yeah. I guess, in the podcast world. But I also feel like um, I record a podcast dedicated for people in the industry and if anybody's worked in the industry long enough, you'll realize that after work, this is kind of like what conversations sound like. Like it's yeah. cuss words galore. Yeah. You know, a couple of beers, it's, a couple of shots. And I, one thing I also never thought I was going to do is be interviewed for a, uh, an industry podcast while I'm sitting watching cherry blossoms at the reservoir and the birds are flocking around me. So in Central Park. In Central Park. So that's, that's a amazing. plus. It's amazing. Like think Middle about of it. the afternoon on us on Easter Sunday. <laughs> that's that's true. Like I think uh, two three years back, you'd be like, so what's you know what's Easter Sunday gonna look like in 2020? You know, turning the corner a new decade. Well, you know, everybody's turning into zombies, quarantine at home, <laughs> sitting just, down recording an podcast. Sitting down recording a podcast in the middle of Central Park. You know, no biggie. Having your Snow White moment. All right. Oh, that's no white moment. That was priceless. That was off off camera, technically. Let me know if it happens again, please. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to seriously start thinking that you're there's some influence going on on your behalf, and you're not really being honest. You're probably a witch. I think I'm a witch. More than likely. Kind of, not the kind of, like, you know, woodland witch, which, which like, birds would flock to. Wait, what? Wait, okay, not, so... Uh, not the, the, the woody, woodsy, hippie witch that, flo- that birds would kind of flock to. I'd be more of like the, the witch that probably eats children, throws them in an oven, you know? Hocus Pocus style? Yeah, Hansel <laughs> Gretel, Hocus Pocus, you know. The wicked witch of the forest. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm seriously not surprised, bro. I think Dude, I'm wearing a... I'm wearing black leggings, black t-shirt, black leather jacket, black scarf, black bags. Wicked wow. witch of the forest. <laughs> Hell of an Easter Sunday outfit, you know? A lot of color going on, a lot of pastel. I love it. Yeah, Easter's <laughs> not my thing. Yeah, I have white sambas on. I'll give you that. All right, fair. White uh, sambas. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, it's white. Uh, why not? <laughs> well, right, anyway, you, you want to fire away? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I wanted to just catch up, see see what you're up to. You know, now that you know, because you were laid off, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep. Like many, many people in the, the hospitality industry, you know, we're all living in this unknown of uh, I don't know, just a lot of uncertainties uh, ahead of it. But like, what you've been doing to keep busy? That's that's basically my main question. Like. You know, everybody comes from different parts of the industry and they, yeah. they have different backgrounds. And I, I've noticed on your Instagram, you've been drawing a lot, which is cool. I've always I've always been a fan of your style, of your art, of your drawings. But Thanks, bro. You know, I've, I've always, always noticed that you it's, it's not something that you kind of let go. It's always been consistent in your life and you've always been posting like some sort of, you know, piece that you came up with or drawing or inspiration. You do it quite constantly. But... As of lately, you've been doing it even more. I've been trying to work on a piece a day, essentially. Like, that's one of the things I'm incorporating in, like, my days. You know, I'd, I'm not waking up at, like, 1230 every day and lounging around, like, and not doing anything. It's, like, waking up at a reasonable hour in the morning, you know, ha- settle into this routine. Qu- quarantine partner and I, like, take turns making coffee. Um, because we're both hospitality people, we're bougie with everything that has to do with food and beverage. So it's like Lavazza coffee and a French press every morning. Sit That's down, nice. go through emails, answer texts, whatever we need to do. Um, make breakfast together. Like we, we cook almost every meal together. Uh, it's like a divide and conquer approach. If uh, if something's a little bit more complicated for me or I'm not used to a certain technique he'll like take over he has more experience than I do um yeah and like just throughout the day I am working on like my art I just have my sketchbook and a limited amount of resources since I'm not in my own home um but it's enough to keep you busy like enough it's enough to keep me busy yeah and I started um taking this online courses uh so it's like a, a complete module on the film appreciation Oh, that's cool. That's a little so passion two, project right there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really awesome, honestly. It's a, so I started two different modules. One that like, has a textbook, the professors from Ohio University. Really good, like really engaging. I'm done, to, like, I'm done with my first two lessons in there. And then I started uh, uh, the MIT film appreciation course. It's on YouTube, the whole length of it. And it's really like academic and really technical you know so both of them kind of complement each other so i'm doing both um one lesson of each a day so far i like this i like how you're, yeah. you're going out of like i wouldn't say out of your comfort zone because you've always been into the arts and and you've always been like a bit of a a nerd in terms of like wanting to keep learning about different things you know film, you're, you know. film has always been a, a thing that's a constant love in my life i have no experience working in film but I, I know a lot I know a lot I'm like a little bit of a film nerd and what better time use of my time than becoming an even bigger film nerd so I can become more obnoxious at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you I feel you I like that I like that I actually um I I've been looking into like online classes just to kind of like you know have something to do throughout the week and my day-to-day like you know I, I built out a schedule for myself so I, I I appreciate or I like the fact that I hear somebody kind of going out of their way to do other things as well to like fill in their time and whether it's mm-hmm. cooking with their partner or kind of having a nice morning routine or just kind of like having a daily goal of like you know sketching and mm-hmm. working on some art and even implementing some online classes throughout the week and makes your time pass faster, which is nice because sometimes like you can get into your head real bad. And we've, we've, I, I really feel like we are winning this quarantine thing. Like, you know, he goes for a run every day. 
I go for a walk almost every day. Like, obviously, we're taking extreme, you know, safety precautions. We go inside. There's this process of sanitation to going back into the apartment, etc. Um, but now, 20, it's day 27. It's kind of built into a routine now. We both instantly go through it, you know. We also have the dog, which is awesome. It's a cuddle company right there. Yeah, she gives us the best snuggles. Aw, good for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you mentioned earlier, um, so you're taking the online classes, and I wanted to piggyback on that because I'm, I'm trying to, like, mm-hmm. take some Coursera classes. Uh, SUNY's offering a class with creative uh, thinking. Basically, the class focuses on seeing art from a different perspective where okay. you would not necessarily look at it from your perspective. Basically, try to see things from other point of views so you can see all the possibilities of how you can go about your inspiration, which I think it's beneficial or it's, it would be a great compliment to whatever medium. And I, I uh-huh. felt like maybe it would help me kind of brainstorm a bit with whatever, you know, projects or whether it's with the podcast show itself. And also, like I mentioned earlier, it just kind of like helps me fill in time with something to do every week so I can keep kind of like, you know, time passes smoother a bit more productive it really does it really does dude like i highly recommend it it's like you have set goals to, to your day and it, at like 5 30 or something we like stop doing anything academic or work related um and then we just like start discussing and going through our like we, we build this inventory of all the food that we have grains produce spices everything that's in the house and we kind of look at it a little bit around like 5, 5.30. We start thinking about what to make for dinner. We search a few recipes if we are not familiar with a certain thing. And then just go at it, you know? I like, like that. There's there's an average of a two-bottle wine consumption a night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look at you guys. Yeah. Keeping it fresh. And like two weeks ago, he ordered 30 bottles of wine. 30. And then we got just six 30. more. Yeah, and then we got six more delivered yesterday, and I think in a few days we get another delivery. I don't know, but he he handles that part. Doesn't matter. It's good. Yeah, he, it's, he it's does good. that. <laughs> you know, we have so, a bunch of grains and produce, and our diet is strictly vegetarian, and it's it's really healthy, really delicious, rustic, well put together, but simple food, and it's just it's just awesome. Anything that you've cooked that you've never made or prepared before, you've never tasted before? A lot of stuff, dude. A lot lot of stuff. So the other day he took care of, um, like, the main component in our dinner, and it was amaranth, and it's a grain from Mexico. And I had never, ever eaten amaranth in my life, and it actually was delicious. Like, he, like, cooked it down with almonds like homemade veggie stock so we save every like leftover vegetables and stuff like that and we just like build it in a bag and use it to make veggie stock so we use um that to cook the amaranth in and you know that was that was stunning this is my new favorite grain right now i'm obsessed with it and then last night i made stuffed cremini mushrooms so i took the stems chopped them minced a lot of garlic uh, some onion and like two cups of of parmesan like really good parmesan cheese and you know put them all in the food processor added one egg there so it creates like a little like stuffing almost put that inside the the um, crumini mushrooms shove them in the oven at 375 for 30 minutes they were sick nice and then he made he made a little red wine sauce for that um and some tiger bean puree dude it was seriously the best dinner of quarantine was last night. Nice. Dude, yeah. I hope you're documenting this, at least for oh, yourself. Oh, yeah, we are. For, we like, are. just for you, just kind of, like, you get back home when life gets back to normal. When if that ever happens again, you have your own little, like, all right, this is what I'm going to go at. Every we day. are. We are. I've been keeping an uh, album on my phone of, like, pictures of dinner every night, and it's uh, called Quarantine Food. <laughs> <laughs> That's I made pizza though. one day that you called me and yes. I couldn't talk to you. I made pizza I know. One day. I called you like a hundred times. Rolling the, the dough. Back with the recipe. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm rolling the dough, bro. Like, 
you know, making pizza from scratch over here. That's cool. So I applaud you for that. You, I, I, yeah. Man, we use broccolini. I told you we were bougie with our ingredients, too. So we use, I use broccolini and spinach on the pizza mm-hmm. with super fresh mozzarella, delicious ricotta. Like, I did everything to make the crust like that New York style, like, you know, crumbly bottom that's really toasted on the edges and, like, kind of fluffy. It came out super good. Nice. I'm usually, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very classic with my pizza. I keep it simple. I either do cheese or cheese and pepperoni, mushrooms, that's about it. Like, I'm not scared of diving into different flavors and slices and ingredients, but if I'm just craving pizza, I'm just gonna I mean, keep it simple. We're, we're vegetarian, so like, adapting to that, and then I have a tomato allergy, which you know of, so I have to adapt yeah, to that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've threatened you with ketchup uh, many times in my life before. Jerk. <laughs> Keeps you in check. <laughs> Keeps me in check. I threaten you with real knives. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I made I made mofongo. You made mofongo. Yeah, yeah. I, like I made mofongo. The pretty caninho is still in there. Yeah, it was the first time he tried mofongo. It was really good. I made mojo sauce from scratch. Okay, I'm not saying that your mofongo is not up to par, but make sure you take them somewhere like Casadela at some point. Bro, maybe. my mofongo is good. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying. It'd be nice for him to try something from like, of you know. Of course, but there's no restaurants right now. The we abuelas. We have to. Yeah. Bro, I'm like, I'm like a year from being an abuela. <laughs> yeah, you're 10 years from being an abuela. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at maybe, this rate, maybe. At this rate, by June, I'm an abuela. All right, fair. You start like, oh, it's going, no, I want to cook. Let's cook oh, I, I complain every time I get up or sit down on the couch. I'm like, ah. <laughs> You're stuck on the couch for like a month. I would complain too. Yeah, it's the worst. Yo, so random question. Like, I've never met your quarantine partner, but like, how is it that he's so into food and what does he do that got you so into cooking? And like, is this, I'm not saying, like, is this a challenge that you guys cook a different recipe every night or is this more like an organic kind of thing? Yeah, you know? it's, it's what does kind he do of, that? it's kind of like, um, something that we, we both love doing and, you know, like he eats so very different from what I used to and getting to know this this different way of consuming beautiful simple products and, and grains and you know things that I never thought I was going to be combining in one dish you know and it's not you know a lot of people hear oh it's vegetarian cooking oh my god it's just like you know throw some fucking kale in there and some parmesan and call it a day no it's like if you really think about it, there's so many combinations of produce and mushrooms and beautiful root vegetables, stuff like that, that you could just, with a little, you know, incentive, can come up with something, like, super amazing. And um, that's kind of been my favorite part of the whole thing. And, you know, he's been a vegetarian for about 10 months. Okay, so and, it's fairly new compared and to I comparison. think you remember that I was for about a year and then stopped. Um, okay. And then now I'm, I'm back on it. It's so obviously like, he's, he's been like able to kind of like drag you in and, yeah, and pull yeah. you in and just kind of like showing you a whole different part of being a vegetarian and the possibilities yeah, of not only being a vegetarian, but the possibilities of like just ingredients within a kitchen a pantry like the amount exactly. of stuff that you can use and how you can utilize these things he's obviously amplified and like shown you yeah. a whole new way of doing things yeah and he is he has a lot of cookbooks um some most are japanese and they they focus on more of the vegetables being the the, the showrunner you know and it's really interesting to get to look through those books and like learn a lot more too I like that. I like that he's been able to implement that. I like the fact that you have access to that mm-hmm. information. So, like, and it's weird. And we love I mean, wine, so we, like, drink really good wine every day. And along with really good food. So you guys are in a very Yeah, we just place. got two bottles of Chateau du Puff 2014 that I'm excited to crack into. That's my sister's favorite wine. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. she could, got good taste. She's going to have a field day with that um, if she yeah. ever, you know, sees it along with you. But, okay, so... It's, it's really cool to hear, like, I mean, you've always been somewhat a, of somebody that I could, like, just show up at your place and crack something and just cook. You've never been shy, you know, you've never been shy about cooking. You've never been afraid of getting into the kitchen and, and, and doing stuff. 
but not that's, not that's not necessarily your side of, of expertise within the hospitality industry. No, You're, I'm I'm 100% a front of house person. Um, definitely have no, you know, technical cooking skills. Um, obviously, been doing this for a while now, so I I picked up on, on certain things. You know, being around a lot of really brilliant chefs, like you know, you know, Marcus Glocker and John Fraser and Sebastian Rugsell. Well, and, last time I last time I saw you in New York City. Um, you were maitre d' at Batard. Yeah, so I moved on from Batard in February. Yes. Somehow between me leaving New York for some time, yeah, and coming back, leaving to New Zealand, coming back. Next time I talk to you, you're like, yeah, so I left Batard. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> so what's yeah, like how so- what, how did this transition happen? What exactly are you doing right now? Where are you at? What's up? Tell me about it. Obviously, everybody's unemployed now, but um, before coronavirus pandemic I was um, also front of house so I moved from Batard from being the maitre d' there for almost three years to um, being the head maitre d' which is you know a very coveted position that not a lot of restaurants still um, have available um, to this, of course they this change project. system around yeah so this project uh, John Fraser who's a Michelin star chef, you know, San Diego he used to have Dovetail in the Upper West Side. Um, so he opened 701 West inside of the Edition Times Square Hotel. And um, so that was the head maitre d' there. Nice. Which hopefully once New York starts to regain a lot of the normalcy in the next couple of months, we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back there. That's fingers crossed for every single restaurant yeah. in New York. So I Beautiful. Hope, I hope. Beautiful restaurant, beautiful food, mostly vegetable forward, three course dinner. You have an option of doing a tasting menu. It can be completely vegetarian if needed be. The wine list is ridiculous. You know, wines from all around the world. Two rolling champagne cards, cheese program. You know, it's it's really special restaurant. I like this. I, I like I love the fact that there was once upon a time in history where. I would have conversations with you and none of these topics would come up, not because you wouldn't be interested in them, but it wasn't something like down your alley. It wasn't something that you knew much about. It wasn't something that you would work with or spend a lot of time around. So it, it's, it's very cool. The fact that, you know, three, four years down the road, you know, you're in a position where we could have actual in-depth conversations about the industry, about ingredients and about, you know, your work environment and what's going on and how it affects your life and my life simultaneously yeah. because like I mean I went to school for hospitality in a time where you were going to school for political science and you were just going in a different direction you you had completely quick, different <laughs> oh for sure you had a quick minute at law school when you first moved to New York then you took a couple of years off and then you ended up going back to school MBA kind of vibe and somehow yep. you ended up getting a job at Batard which was completely out of left field through network which I, I thought I was, was great I was in I was in retail before Batard too. I was in retail for two years, um, you know, like doing like visuals, uh, yes. bounces through industries, you know, legal studies, bar backing, bartending, <laughs> uh, which I had no business doing, but thank God it was you know beer shots <laughs> for a short amount of time, uh, and then retail, and then you know retail was so definitely not for me, you know, it was like not creative it was kind of stifling so once the opportunity to move on to batard full-time was was available i just jumped on it you know and for like about seven about seven months i was keeping my retail job full-time and then working part-time at batard at night so i was like working like 12 hour days which were insane yeah you were doing two jobs so and then i i've done that myself so i know how it feels you know you you get up to 40 50 plus hours a week and it starts oh, to way, wear on way you after a while that. yeah way more than that because i was 7 a.m to something stupid like 3 30 at the retail place and then at, at four starting at batard until like 11 and then all over again the next day you know for sure i mean so you were at batard for three years and you were able to get there and through a common friend, through some networking, which I am so happy that that happened. 
So, like, I wanted to touch tabs on. So, what did you, through your time in Bachard, how have you seen your growth before and after Bachard and going into this new position that you were doing at, pardon me again, the name? I'm so sorry. Uh, 701 West. At 701 West. Okay. So, like, just kind of touching tabs fairly quickly. Like, how did you see yourself before and post Batard and basically going into this new position to become the person who you are now and how this basically all this all this exposure has just basically turned you into a whole different new person. Like not yeah. a whole different new person. That makes no sense. It's just added certain aspects of you that you didn't have before that you do not have. So how I see it was that um once I decided that law was not the career that I was going to pursue for the rest of my life. Which one? And law. Oh, okay. Once I decided that the legal career was nothing I wanted to do and, you know, going through those struggles of like having a couple of years of not knowing where to go, what to do with my life. Because since I was 12 years old, I said I was going to be a lawyer, you know, and that was it. And um, that change, that period of change was like really, really good. It, it wasn't the best of times either. And then eventually finding myself at Batard, like I think it took like a few months for me to say, this is it. Like I want this to be a career, not a job. So I started treating it like a career, not just a job, not just a transient hostess that is becoming a maitre d under the mentorship of, of you know one of the most recognized maitre d's in, in the city you know and it just i just really jumped on it and it was like it was like going to school again but doing it all while you had to do it you know it's like the they job. throw the textbook at you but you're already supposed to be able to read the textbook back <laughs> i like that i like the fact so basically in essence you 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 were giving a chance to get a work or have a job within an environment that even though there's a lot of passerbys, there's a lot of people who are only going to be there in that industry for a certain amount of time in their life and then they're going to move on because that's just the way the city works. It's just the way yeah, it is. it's, you know, a lot of people treat um, hospitality and restaurant jobs as transient things to whatever other thing they are. Like if you ask like a server, it's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a painter. What do you do? Oh, I'm an actor. But to me... I decided I didn't want to be that, you know, it's like, what do you do? And like, I'm maitre d', that's what I am, you know. You've learned to embrace the career aspects of it, because especially yeah. like, and I there's think- a lot of opportunity, particularly in like, you know, the Michelin star community, like if you're good, you can make this a profession and you can sustain and live like a good life from it. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that I'm actually excited or happy about the fact that you were able to get your feet wet in a place like Batard right off the gate in a place that not only teaches you things the right way, but it also surrounds you with people who are career oriented and yes. professionals within the industry. So you Absolutely. start seeing the possibilities about you, pop, you know, like, why can't I build a career out of this specific industry? High end dining is I think the best part, not necessarily the best part of hospitality, how to explain it. Like, I feel it allows the best chances of you to find your place career-wise. Not saying that casual yeah. dining or other types of, like, style of restaurants don't. It's just the way that high dining, high dining is put together allows you to just focus on the best quality of every aspect of the restaurant industry. Whether yeah. it's service, whether it's wine, cocktail making, Man, and you have, quality, and you have to food, creativity. Yeah, and you have to, in, in this industry, in this higher echelon of, of the restaurant industry, you have to be proud to of what you know and proud of what you can still learn. You know, you just can't come in their gums blazing and be like, oh, I know everything there is to know. You know, nobody malleability, because nobody does. And malleability is a really, really fundamental part of my experience being a maitre d' at, two very high-end restaurants already and it's just I've learned that I was I was an intransigent person before this it was black or white no gray areas now totally different you go to a restaurant you see things with such a different perspective so and every restaurant is its own beast that is true you know there are core skills 
that, that, you know, are tangible skills that you can take with you to any restaurant. But the way every restaurant is, its culture is run, its business is run, its food is run. It's it's totally different, you know. Yeah. And uh, man, when I started, you know, I couldn't carry three fucking plates, and now I'm I'm a beast clearing a table. Yeah. <laughs> An elegant <That's> beast. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you gotta you know keep your style, keep everything in a nice always, passive way. Always serving clear from the right. You you know what I you know what I I think and I like um and this is just my my opinion based on 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 how I know you or based on how long I've known you and what I know from you. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's just my take on it. I feel like maybe the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry was able to take, you know, it, it just kind of like took you by surprise and, and, and adopted you without you really expecting it. But oh, for real. My, my reasoning of why you allowed yourself without you actually knowing is the fact that you, you are creative by nature. You've always been a creative. Since you were a teenager, you were giving art classes. You've always focused on creating things for yourself. And just mm -hmm. nothing has never been out of reach in terms of creativity and what you can do for yourself in terms of leisure, expressing, you know, whether it's through writing, whether it's through painting, whether it's through sculpture, whether it's through sketching. It doesn't matter. You've always mm -hmm. had your hands on something creative throughout your leisure time. Yeah. I feel that maybe... Bartard in particular, being the type of restaurant that it was, had 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 so much creativity all around, from the aesthetics and the decor of the restaurant, to the plating, and the the, the way that the garnishing is happening on a dish, and the cocktail making, and the quality of the food, and the putting yeah. together of ingredients and the color scheme. Yeah, all like, all that plate, the the plating, the food, the actual complementary ingredients in in one particular dish. It's just like. Nothing is superfluous, you know? Everything makes sense. The way uh, a chicken skin is prepared at Batard has a logic, a rhyme, and a reason to it versus, you know, another restaurant that has its own techniques. And it's, it really should go to show, like, the artistry. Um, it's creating an oil painting. That's how I see it. It's like creating an oil painting every day with the best product, with the best techniques, and the creativity and talents of, of these chefs that are putting this work out there, you know, it's, it's really great. It's seeing, it's seeing Matisse paint. In 15, real life. 1,500 plates a night. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also noticed, like, throughout your time at Batard, you became kind of like their unofficial food photographer, you know. So you had basically a, a, a chance to see how you have to make food look beautiful through pictures for real so i was kind of thrown into managing that instagram account because you know but hard is a small restaurant that team is like a family so like everybody very has hands to on. be comfortable to be very hands-on and be very flexible in their roles so when there was you know a need for this to happen to you know create all this content um and i got asked to do it i just like immediately again jumped on opportunities i've treated my career in hospitality as trying to say yes more than no be a yes man exactly being a yes man that doesn't mean that you're gonna say yes to every little inconceivable task and and if you can't do it you better say hey i think somebody else is better suited for this but for that you particular see the thing yeah but for that particular thing um i jumped right on i was like I understand social media and how it works, you know, and so I, I took that over and it was super fun to create all this content and, you know, get to see the food in a different way through, you know, the, the lens. And, and I had to teach myself again those, those techniques and teach myself what better angle, what better lighting uh how we do this i got you know like it's it's our own light studio with led bulbs and all that jazz so like make you know no shadows and contrast on the plate um especially like yeah, food, it was super food has fun. colors and different colors react differently yeah you know the light. last thing you want is a beautiful dish with all these colors and not be able to see them because there's overcast and shadow on a plate you know and, um that all that was super fun and like we used uh, one of my cocktail photos as, like, the Batard postcard. We put the cocktail recipe in the back so, like, people could take it and make it at home. So people took your picture with their... That's pretty cool. Yeah, they took their, yeah. your picture home with them. 
exactly. So there's like, I don't know how many hundreds of photos of an espresso martini out there in New York City with the recipe in the back. Which is a nice feeling. It's it's cool yeah. then, you know, when you when you jump into an industry then, you know, you have all this And my pictures it. my pictures got published too in, in magazines and online. I like this. I like it. It's it's Michelin that's, that's, Star took a couple of my photos and re republished them in their Instagram and social media accounts. Uh, I took a photo of the uh, heirloom tomato salad. That was one of my favorite, like, looking dishes. And that very simple picture in, in just the past of the restaurant, that got sent to uh, Plate Magazine. So that was published there. That's very cool. I love the fact that, you know, in, in, in less than a handful of years, yeah. you've been able to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just transform your, your life, not necessarily your lifestyle, but transform certain aspects of your lifestyle mm -hmm. alongside building a career path for yourself that, you know, sky's the ceiling for you in terms of your potential and what you could do. And, and it's, it's, and I think it's an interesting time because for somebody like you who, you know, obviously didn't go to school for hospitality and, and you, you're fairly new in it in comparison to other people, of course, yeah. even though you already have years under your belt, there's still a certain level of it. Of, of of experience that they have in terms of you know career I mean For college sure. invest college investment you know late For teens sure. early twenties and just kind of like relocating themselves from one city to the other just for career purposes I mean obviously you didn't do that or you you know that hasn't happened yet but the fact is that you were well on your way to start building something for yourself and you already had a nice blueprint and you had a good yeah. network and and, and you're, you're moving forward. I honestly think, look, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I got a, a later start in this industry than other people did. But in a short amount of, of time, I've, like, clawed up in, in, in a very significant way. And, and I'm very, you know, part of it has to do a lot with being given the opportunities by people that trusted me and were like, you know, you, you can do this. You know, they gave me that push that had significantly never happened before you know they were like let me teach you let me propel you into this because you can do this and being given that chance and being willing and available to take it by you know the bull by the horns was what i needed to do and it's honestly my my thing it, this is my career for my my the rest of my life <laughs> i like that i'm proud of you i like this all right <laughs> <laughs> So with, with all that said, I mean, now that you've kind of like feel like you've established yourself in a field that you want to grow in and, you know, obviously see where it goes from here. How do you think Corona or at least hospitality in the times of Corona is not going to only affect you and your job, your career moving forward? How is, gonna, how is it going to affect the industry? Maybe not within the next three to five months, but how is it going to affect the industry within the next year or two? This Because this is going to take some time. This is not going to be, you know, just kind of Corona's over like three months down yeah. the road and then all restaurants kind of just open the doors as if it was before. We we are fully aware that there's restaurants that are not going to survive the Corona. They're going to be closing their doors. A lot of well-known restaurants, a lot of mom-pop shops, a lot of like Corporate restaurants are going to be closing some of their locations or some of their branches or some of their sister restaurants. So there's going to be some sort of scarce scarcity in terms of work, and a lot of people are going to suffer. But I just want to know from like from your take, like how do you believe it's going to affect you and the industry, and what are you thinking about? What do you what are you going to do about it moving forward? Because I mean, everybody has to has a backup plan, whether it's within the industry or leaving the industries. Everybody has a plan, or at least Maybe they're waiting to build a plan. So I'm, but as far as the, the plan building goes, you know, like I think that at the time that we are at right now where everything is completely uncertain and the industry has been thrown at the biggest curveball it ever has. Um, you know, there's, there's more than 60,000 hospitality professionals furloughed or, or unemployed at the moment you know, overloaded systems of unemployment benefits and, like, the Department of Labor. Like, it, it's it's time to kind of hold back and, and, like, reflect as far as sort of, like, hospitality professionals go. Um, and you, you should take my advice, and, and, and by no means am I, like, you know, the leading authority in this. is you know, 
what I'm doing is taking this time to self-reflect once we come out of this, how can we, you know, help this in build this industry back up because it's, it's down to the foundation right now, you know, it's like, um, like an old monument in, in, in Greece, like, how do we build this up again? And it, it's taken the biggest hit, like, I've, I've spoken to many of my colleagues and people I know in this industry, and there's a very huge shared sense of anxiety um, and, and uncertainty. And like some people are managing better than others. Like some people are, you know, losing their minds at home by themselves, not really figuring out what to do. Others are really taking this time to like gain some other skills, knowledge, being active, still at home, cooking, knowing more about what they do, you know, like, I never cooked this much continuously in my life. And now I'm like, it, it's, I am definitely going to come out with a bigger appreciation for the back of house, for sure. You know, what, what they do every day. Cause if I'm, Under pressure. I'm prepping, I'm prepping for two people, cooking for two people. And there's so much work that goes into it. And then, you know, washing pot, like, like, stacks and stacks and stacks of dishes and pots like every day three meals a day like it's a lot of work you know uh, so I sincerely I'm going to take from this like a sincere respect and, and you know kind of like tip of the hat to, to back of house employees for sure oh for sure and, like they, yeah. they've built some calluses throughout the years and how they're able to do it because a lot of people don't can't handle it just bro, can't the, the calcis, the burns, the oil burns, like, you know, it's, it's just, you, you name it, they've done it. And no. yeah. And I think the, no, there's not going to be that many hospitality professionals left at the end of this. You know, a lot of people that were maybe more of those transient, you know what I said, like, uh, I'm an actor, so I'm going to just work at a restaurant to, you know, make some money and like, stuff like that a lot of these people that are not from new york i i see an exodus happening where it's not sustainable for them to you know afford new york city rent and new york city life anymore because there's going to be a lot less hospitality jobs available i mean and it's that's... sad because but we can't expect like all of the restaurants of new york are going to come out of this no, exactly. I mean, there's a lot. Like, remember a lot of like restaurants. Uh, there's already a few that are not going to open. No, we know of this. course. Matter of factly, we know they're not going to open again. I mean, See, restaurants operate with a very small margin in terms of profit. Extremely and, and, small margin. And a and a very constant cash flow. This is how they work. Like they go month to month, month to month, month to month. Yeah, not all they restaurants. Live paycheck to paycheck, like the rest of us. Yeah, like not all restaurants have the luxury of having unless amounts of money put away. I mean, some do, some don't, you Dude, know, it's trust a, me, trust me that not even the Titans of the industry, like 11 Madison park or Le Bernardin, or I don't know, you name it. Like, I, I mean, I, regardless of the name, it's great. That could bail them out, but it there's, it's not like they could reopen on scathe. There's, it's too many expenses happening simultaneously for them to too stay many. afloat too, too long. Many. So this is something that we're going to see a lot of places just not survive. Uh, and we're also, I mean, you know. I mean, we already saw Gotham, Gotham Bar and Grill, unfortunately. Yeah, they closed right know, before quarantine started. Right and, before. You know, necessity is a mother of invention. So you never know what ideas are going to come out of the coronavirus. You don't know what kind of like different, you know, nuances we see and like what, what's happening you know, out there that people are going to create or what kind of concepts are going to happen out of this. Because like you For mentioned sure. earlier, a lot of actors maybe might leave New York because they can't afford it. But one thing that the restaurant industry provides for artists or creatives or people who need that type of job is not so much the money that the restaurant industry provides for them, but the flexibility that it allows them. Yeah, to be able the to flexibility work on of, being take, of taking time to work on other projects, of course. I mean, I... I didn't have a lot of that flexibility to work on, you know, like my own painting and stuff like that because I was committed to like a full-time 
position and then transition to a full-time like managerial position so there was i did my stuff like on sundays and you know yeah of course but, like leisure time but, but that doesn't I, say that my plan in life has never been living off of my artwork you know but the funny thing is here you are living off somebody else's artwork meaning their creativity their vision For which sure. i think it's cool which i think is very cool because you never know where that might lead you i think that the the major d is the handler the caretaker of that person's art yeah so, i like that that's a good nice way to see it i i enjoy that plus you got the birds chipping away in the background the music this is all that melodramatic out there what's going on i thought new york was the epicenter of the it's it's like the classic central park scene imagine <laughs> now that we're talking about like the film appreciation courses and everything this is a classic new york scene so there's people walking around it's sunny the cherry blossoms have bloomed the, you know there's a little brisk air it's peak spring moment there's a guy playing an accordion over there granted he has a, a surgical mask and gloves on <laughs> and you know, responsible though i like people it people with people with their little puppies everywhere you know uh it's so very new york scene and i'm right by the bethesda fountain area and the bow bridge so i'm sitting like 15 feet away from the bow bridge right now i like this i i i, I want to like you want to switch i'm looking at the back end of my living room it's like you know the view of the ocean is right there but still sounds oh, nice but, uh you sent me a picture of the most pristine beach i've seen in ages the bluest sunniest day this what do you mean switch bro okay guilty i i am spending quarantine in a beach apartment i can't complain but you can't get in the water and you can't be at the beach unless well, you're walking let, your let's dog let's look at let's look at it this way we both have peak quarantine situations. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> it could it. be a lot worse. It could be. With that in mind, given the fact that you're having a wholesome moment right now, I don't know if <laughs> the next question, which is what I want to close off with, is actually appropriate, but if and when quarantine finishes and it's all over with or at least starts to kind of like, you know, get back out there, what is in your bucket list. And I'm not talking about family or friends. I'm talking about like what do you want to do? Like do you want to go stuff your face at the diner, get some banana pancakes for the Bro, I don't know. I, the first thing I'm going to do is sit down at my neighborhood bar and my favorite neighborhood bar and order a drink from a freaking professional bartender. That's the <laughs> first thing I am going to do. I I thought you were just going to say can I just get some whiskey and just keep it going. <laughs> No, I'm going to order like a complicated ass cocktail, you know, like give me. I want something strained, you know. Different. I want like a yeah. I like it. You were going to go out there and support. I like that. I'm going to go out there and support and over tip and, you know, bring bring my neighborhood places back to life. Well, I myself I think I'm going to go out for Mexican food or Asian food it's the one oh, two I'm things I, I, that, yeah. I'm really missing um I'm not sure if I'm missing bao or dumplings or just some ramen no. I don't care as I'm far just... as food goes the thing I miss the most is dumplings yep soup yep. dumplings from Joe Shanghai that's the first thing I'm going to eat is soup dumplings from Joe Shanghai cuz I... I can't with this whole like you know this is racist view of this pandemic so the first restaurant that i should go support is a restaurant that i love in chinatown that has like fed me for the past decade one of my favorite restaurants is in is actually in chinatown i for some reason never remember the name i know how to get there like if we get off the 6 train Woos? and we walk there i don't Woos? know the name it has no name it just has the building number and you go down the stairs and there's just That's dollars Woos. That's Woos. Oh. All right. Well, yes. Woo. Bro, I'm a Woo's, Chinatown queen. Woo's is legit one of my favorite restaurants for like the last close to a I know, decade. I know the place you're talking about. It's right by it's the Chinatown so ice cream company. But when it comes to dumplings, I'm a sucker for Vanessa's dumplings. I just go down there on 14th well, Street in Chinatown. Not not uh, worth not worth it. Soup dumplings it, from Joe Shanghai are like, you know, like the food of the gods. I you you might be right. I'm still a sucker for their pork and basil, like <laughs> chicken basil. Yeah, the, pork, the pork, 
they're good. If you're in the area, I mean, they're good. I'm still, I, I, I got my little thing. You know, I go in there. It's like $2.50 for dumplings. Get my scallion you know, pancake going on. Get a little bubble tea. I I just keep it simple. You know, actually, I went, I went to Joe Shanghai. The last time I went was in late December. Uh, I went by myself. It's like a little ritual that I do mm-hmm. like once, like every two, three weeks. Uh, I went by myself, ordered two two orders of soup dumplings and pounded three sing sows just by myself in like half an hour. Damn. All right. Feeding that little body. Yeah, man. You got to keep, you know, you just like got to keep this 5-2 moving. So All right. Up. So as soon as I land in New York, whatever day we're going to Ooze and we're getting stuff, we're going to go get some Chinese food. No, we're going to do a little Chinese crawl. Yes. Food. We'll, we'll, we'll bring Vera along. Yeah, we're, we're going to do dumplings She's, to Shanghai, noodles at Wu's, and the oh, steamed veggies at Wu's. This is going to be glorious. This is a perfect way to end the show. Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. that. We're going to bring it Ice cream at the Chinatown ice cream company. Yes. Sorry. I got excited there. I appreciate it. Sorry. This, this is what uh, hospitality professionals get excited about eating and eating and eating and eating and drinking. And wine. <laughs> F yeah. I'm actually going to walk back to the apartment soon and uh, crack open a bottle of wine. Oh, good for you. I like this. Please getting, send me a picture. I'm getting better at every day. Mm-hmm. Faster and like better this. at cracking wine. Oh, we got to do a little crack open bottle of wine competition. But yeah, I, <laughs> Once, I wanna, once I you're wanna... back in the city, man. Of course. We'll go to Trader Joe's. We'll buy like... Are you kidding? I'll order a case from Acker Wine. All right. Well, Trader Either Joe's. Hey, hey, I, again, I, I don't mind Trader Joe. I, I can't, I'm it. not supporting Trader Joe's at the moment, man. Not how they're treating their, their employees. All right, fair. I, I can understand that. Well, I anyways, invite it, anybody and everybody that's listening to this to read up on that and not support employers like that. Fair. I, I, I hear the same thing about a lot of places around, around the world. So, you know, let's, let's keep prayers up that things change and they get better for employees out there. In the meantime, Edi, I wanted to say thank you, Edi Vet, from actually, well, right now we're all unemployed, so it doesn't matter. We're all unemployed, but formerly of 701 West in Picard. Yes, hopefully, uh, keep tabs on her in case the place does open up, which I'm sure it will. Go see Come her, visit me her at the door. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful restaurant. So I yeah. love the music in the background. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I told you, peak New York, bro. There you go. Tips not included. Edive Giovanni. Thank you, Giovanni. Refresh Productions.